Good morning, everyone. This is Greg Aiden with Aiden Leadership for another episode of Servant Leadership Podcast. And today I've got the pleasure of interviewing uh, what I would call one of the more interesting men I've ever met. Uh, we're going to find out all about Anson Ross Thompson here in a second. But as I was getting ready for this show, Anson, I actually forgot how we met. So I want you to help me remember that. But tell us, uh, tell us about yourself, why you do what you do, and uh, we'll get we'll get in some other fun questions as well. Yeah, well, uh, thank you, Greg. Always a pleasure, and and I do consider you a very good friend of mine. So, um, so when I introduce myself, I always I always start with who I am. Uh, I am a grandfather of three. I am a father of three. Uh, I'm a lover of one. I've got a beautiful wife. You've, you've met Jenny. I'm yes. to me the most beautiful woman in the world. Uh, I am a writer. Uh, I'm a teacher, and then I own a small business. Um, the small business that my wife and I own together. Uh, we're in 48 states. Uh, we do basically insurance services, so commercial insurance, personal insurance. Um, that's my day job. And then my hobby is I'm a writer. Uh, so I, I've got a few books out on Amazon and, and I write daily. I write a thousand words every morning, uh, about 99% of the time. And I just I try to look at society and try to, to, to try to make sense of really what's going on. We've, we've had an interesting last three years, but uh, and just trying to, to bring enlightenment and, and I guess encouragement to others and not everybody agrees with me and I don't agree with everybody. And so I'm just throwing my stuff out there to say, Hey, this is a little bit different for me. Yeah. What are you thinking? So it's, it's, it's a, it's a passion. One. And so let's, let's start with um, your writings. I mean, every single day, and I love them by the way, a thousand words plus or minus Hey, how do you do it? And I know why you do it, but uh, what, what what mindset are you in every day that you you feel this joy in writing? I, I don't see it as a as a chore. So uh, just let's let's hear from that, and then from there, I would love to hear about your new book. Can't say the uh, well, yeah, I can enjoy the fucking journey uh, title. I want to hear all about that too. Okay, uh, <clears throat> so writing. When I started writing years ago, I was writing for insurance trade publications, uh, the most boring writing one could do. Um, and as a side, I was I was writing 500 word, you know, muses, you know, now and then. And I was sending them to an editor and she reached out and said, hey, I think you've got enough for a book here. And I said, really? Mm-hmm. And she goes, yeah, she goes, I, and I think it's really good content. And, you know, so let's let me help you publish a book. So I published my first book, which was called Marketing with Naked 70 Year Olds. And it was about a marketing program I'd run with my parents who I'd convinced to get naked for our insurance, naked insurance. But anyway, so that's where it started. And then I just found myself, you know, I, I, as a writer, you become very curious about what's going on in society. And so every day I interact with people and I hear things, I see things, maybe on social media, maybe in the news that I just, I, I, I'm not going, oh, that's, that's perfect. I, I'm, I question a lot. Thank you. And and so I, I I think that there's a narrative in society that there are two or three voices that that we need to listen to. And, and if they say X, then it's X. And and I'm the guy that says that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And and there's other people that that you know read my work and they're like, you either make sense or you don't make sense. I it's funny, Greg. I, I meet a lot of people. Yeah. And so many people come up to me and they say, I, I read your stuff. I don't read it every day. And I always say, I wouldn't read my stuff every day either. I mean, that's, <laughs> who would do that? But I do, I get up. It's the first thing I do. I get coffee, piece of Nicorette gum. And oh. typically the day before I've, I've snipped a couple, 
items uh, off social media or in the news that that really get me going. And I, it's it's very similar. You know, you read it. So it's good morning. I talk about my morning, my previous day, and I, I get into the meat of, of whatever issue I want to talk about. Yeah, it's 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 beautiful. And and we'll get to the journey book here in a second. But I you you are taking us on a journey, which I love. And I, I get to get inside your head, your heart, your soul. And there are times where I go, eh, this one doesn't resonate or it don't even have anything to say. But then, as you know, there's sometimes where I, I can't wait to respond because I, I so agree with where your heart is and where your soul is. But I also love how you you keep your family uh, top of mind, top of heart, always. You, it's not that you talk about Jenny all the time or you talk about your family. We just, anyone that knows you knows that that is it. And then everything else falls well below it. And I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Anson, one of the reasons you're so freaking successful is because you have your priorities in line. And when I when you hear me say that, what what resonates? What what did you hear? Well, when when we started, I, I said I'm a grandfather first, a father, a lover. And if if you listen to how I introduce myself, that I, you know that's not BS. You know that is yeah. exactly how I perform my daily functions in life. And and the only thing I would probably add to my introduction is community focused. You know, I, I, I'm involved in multiple communities and, and how do you make an impact in a community? Uh, you can do it financially. Uh, you can do it through mentoring and teaching. And, and so I, I think it, it just kind of, I was raised, look, I was, I was Beaver Claver, dude. My parents still married to this day, 83 years old. I grew up in a small town in Indiana. I had the perfect existence. I was talking to my best friend the other day and he goes, you know, you were born around in second. And I said, oh, I've, I've acknowledged that many times. I mean, I had I had a great childhood, but it gave me a good foundation to build on being focused on family and trying to be the best, you know, leader wh- wherever I am. Yeah, I mean, you, when you talk about family to me, and you, you just mentioned leader, I believe leadership and parenting are are connected at the hip. It's impossible to not call you as a dad or as a mom or as grandpa, not a leader of your family, your community. And, and I love that. And I believe, I've said on this show many, many times, that if we don't start getting parenting right, this country, this beautiful country is not going to get any better. And I don't care if you're an R or D or you're from the South, the North, Midwest, East, I don't care. It's, if it's not working, don't, don't continue doing it as, as, as your own parent. But anyway, tell us about your book. Enjoy the fucking journey. And, and what... The title is interest, intriguing, but what what should we what should we expect when we read it? Well, actually, that's about four books ago. So enjoy the the fucking journey I released probably two or three years ago, and then I, t- I typically drop a book a year. My last book uh, dropped last October, uh, not this past. So so I, I took off yep. a year for. We'll talk about it. Yep. But um, uh, it was called the Rule of Eight Percent. That's right. And the rule okay. of 8%. Yeah. And, and I think we've talked about that before, but basically my attitude is that you're not for everyone and, and everyone's not for you. And so there's about 8% of the population that we can just get extremely deep with. And you're in my mm-hmm. 8%. I think I'm in your 8% to where mm-hmm. we, we've had many conversations about life and joy and happiness and, and what makes us tick. And we are so far aligned on that, 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 that but, but I'm willing to say 92% of all people Hey, I love you and you're great, but, but that's the 8% that really helped me learn who I am and, and can, you know, help me be, be the best version of myself. And someone might be listening to it the same way I am. And I, I'm a, I'm somewhat of a perfectionist and I'm trying to let go of it as I, as I rounded 60, 
But how did how did you get to eight? Why not seven? Why not nine? Why not twelve? Where did where did the number come from? Completely made it up. Uh, completely made it up. I, I've, I've, I've always said, so I'm, I'm again, I'm in the insurance industry. I'm very unique in my space. I, I don't look, sound, taste like any of my you. peers. And I do that for a reason. I've always used the analogy. I want to be on stage with a hundred of my peers or 99 mm-hmm. of my peers. And I really, truly believe there's about 8% of the people, not 10%, not 6%, not 12, right. but eight people will, will say, whoever that guy is, Mm-hmm. I, I'm intrigued. I'm curious about him. I want to talk to him. So, so by being yourself, because everybody else is taken, yeah. it does allow you to separate and then connect first visually with your tribe. And then if you yeah. hear, hear you speak and they go, ah, that guy sounds like I might want to talk to him. So that's completely made up. No scientific basis for that. I made it up. So obviously Cedar, uh, uh, servant leadership podcast, name of the podcast, name of the show. You know what I do? I, my, my my goal my my love is simple help leaders become better leaders and when you are when you hear that what do you believe leaders need to do period what do we need to stop doing and what do we need to do more of and why i think i attended one of your past programs the last 90 days and i think you said listen mm. we need to listen more yep uh, and, and i think as coaches as as leaders we think at times that we know it all and, and we get, you know, I'm, I'm 53, almost 54. So I got, I got some frame of references and some baggage that is probably so incorrect, Yeah. but, but in a leadership position, I think it's really important to stop and have an open mind and listen to somebody else. I mean, I, I have completely different beliefs today than I did five, 10 years ago. Yeah. Right. Um, so just to continually evolve and listen to other people and be willing to say, oh my gosh, I've got that one wrong for, you know, 50 years. Yeah. I appreciate the, uh, the, the humility that you just stated without saying it, it's, oh my gosh, I've had that wrong. Or I'm, I'm, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't correct yesterday. And and thank you for helping me. You mentioned a word earlier too, that is one of my favorites. And I, and I've begun to understand that it's, much more than a behavior, it's a skill in a relationship and certainly in leadership. And it's it's curious or having curiosity. And I don't know about you when you were six, seven, eight years old, Anson, but I'm I'm assuming you hear it in your, your grandchildren, you see it in other little kids. We we always ask the word or we always say why. Why do you do this, Dad? Why do you do this, Grandpa? Why are you doing this? And and I believe as leaders, if we stay curious and we literally lean in not to tell people what to do, but to be curious about how they're doing it and why they're doing it. Uh, again, when you hear when you hear curiosity or be more curious, how does that fit into your life, and and how could you recommend it to some of the listeners today? Well, I think not everybody has that gift, and and, and so I'm very blessed. I, I've always mm. said I've got a very small skill set. So it, it, <laughs> curiosity, I think, for some people is very hard. Public yeah. speaking for some people is very hard, but just, I, I think, wandering and, and, and trying to align what you hear with what you believe. Yeah. And, and a lot of times in life, there's misalignment and not just accepting the misalignment, but really asking yourself and asking another person or a group of people, man, I just heard this. And, and, you know, I, I just, and, and if I, if I can, I, I, this is what I wrote about this morning. You know, I was reading an article yesterday 
from the AP, you got to check your sources, right? So this is Associated Press, pretty, you know, yeah. think Mill Road for the most part. And they were talking about, and I don't want to miss misstep, and I think it was a CDC, but 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 the, maybe it was who, but but they've changed how they deal with child uh, obesity. And it, up until now, they've said, hey, let, let's just you know have them exercise and eat better and, and all that. But but now we're at a point in society where there's a new drug, thirteen hundred dollars a month per kid that you can put your kid on and it makes them feel more full so they won't eat as much. And I thought, what are we doing? What are we doing? And, and, and again, going back to parents, what parent in the right mind would, would hopefully, you know, not educate their child about proper nutrition and, and all of that. And, and I know, look, we're not all in the same, yep. you know, forest. I mean, some of us live on a desert and, and so we don't all have access to the same information and nutrition and all of that. But there are sensible things we can do for our kids and giving them a shot every day to, to, to reduce their body fat percentage. I just, I, I, that to me blows my mind. Yeah. And so I'm going to, because a lot of people would never read that article. So I'm going to say, here's what, and he, I referenced the article. Here's the article. Here's what it said. And my mind is blown. Yeah. So that's the type of stuff I'm extremely curious about. Yeah. Well, and back to Perny for a second. Again, I'm I'm in that same camp, uh, baby boomerish as you. I think you just missed it, uh, but I'm um, yeah. Okay, um, I I'm in there, and and I don't know that we would have a had the money, wouldn't have certainly wouldn't have given me a shot, and I would never give my kid a shot to help them feel full so they can't use their own mind. Uh, to say, you know what, if I continue to eat this way and you mentioned eating, I'm going to mention something else that I know you subscribe to and that's movement. I mean, we have become so stagnant as a society and just looking around at people sitting there crunched over, staring at this thing that, and I know your belief is, you know, put the, put the thing down, but yeah, parents, uh, if, if you, if you look in the mirror and you don't like who you are, Think about what you could have done differently and, and ask your kids, who I hope you love, um, to do something that you couldn't do or you wouldn't do. I don't I don't know. I, I just it's uh, we probably have a whole whole different show on that. But back to leaders for a second. Who is who is one or two people, human beings, uh, Anton, in your life and maybe the last 10 years, keep it uh, current that you believe are some of the best leaders or this best leadership like people that, that you, you admire. Yeah. I always, always say my father, uh, I have the best father in the world, just had an open heart. He's doing great. But, uh, but he, he gave me the foundation, my mother too. Right. But, uh, yeah. but just from a, from a male leadership role, I uh, watched him start a company and, and eventually, you know, I, I was able to buy it from him. But so, so my dad is, is number one. Um, and, and number two, uh, I listened to many, many, many podcasts. Um, and the name I'm about ready to say could be divisive for some, but I, I, I learned from Joe Rogan a lot. And I've been watching Joe uh, interview mm. everybody, left, right, middle, you know, extreme. And, and I've learned more from that than I think I ever did from college. Um, and so just to throw a couple out there, I mean, I could, I could, go on and on and on. But sure. um, right now, I, I would say those guys are the ones that I'm really, um, you know, still, still, I'll see my dad tomorrow uh, and, and still That's seek wisdom awesome. him. So, yeah. Yeah. I would, I would have, I would have said dad, he's no longer with us, but I still think back of when I'm with him and the little things that he shot, he taught me, same with my stepfather. 
When what's the secret, you and Jenny? You you talk about her a lot in in the uh, the office where you were prior to this. You had the word queen in the back. I believe anyone who knows you knows that the queen is her. What's your secret? What's your secret for this dynamic loving relationship? Yeah. So uh, I was married for 17 years before to a beautiful woman, Jody, my first wife. Um, and the first seven years of our marriage were great. And then we spent 10 years disconnecting from each other. Mm. Um, and so I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a divorced man. Uh, it's, it's probably uh, the, the biggest heartache I've ever had in my life. But, but to, to go through that and then find somebody that, that mirrors your laughter, that mirrors in our world. I mean, we own the company together. She had a company, I had a company, we merged them. Uh, so hmm. it's funny, Greg, we are together probably on average 22 hours a day. It's rare. Like the fact that she's not here is weird. Like she, hmm. she would stay back at the office. She had a couple of things to do. And I said, hey, I've got to run home right. uh, to, to meet with Greg. But um, I, I think genuinely loving. I mean, I, I, and we all have our friends that, that, you know, they, they yeah. like to do golf or they like to, because they're not going to be with their spouse. If my spouse doesn't do something, I don't do it. I mean, I love being with her. I, yeah. I love traveling with her. I love, we hold hands more than anybody you'll know. Uh, we have our spots in each house. And, and when we sit and watch, you know, content at night, we're always holding hands. Um, I got a, a cool kid from her. So, you know, once we got married, I, I, I got, you know, I had two, now I've got three and, and I, I love them all equally, but you know, she, she's family. I mean, she, we are family and my family loves her. And, and so uh, the secret is just um, be in tune. And if, if, if your partner says something or, 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 you know, I, I can't tell you last time I got angry at her, that, mm -hmm. that, that, that's a rarity, but when she does do something, uh, and I can explain to her why she's wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, 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 she, she's usually right. But, uh, but anyway, we keep the disagreements short, quick. Um, okay. And then, and then we kiss and move on. So I, I'm very, very, very blessed. And anybody that knows me knows, I think I, you know, am in love with the most beautiful woman in the world. And she is, she's gorgeous. And, and I don't mean that from a physicality standpoint. She's, no, I understand very pretty, but yeah. her heart and her work ethic. And, you know, she was in a male dominant, uh, dominated industry for years when there were very few women and she was a leader. Uh, she started her agency from scratch and build it. And, you know, when I, my company took off when she and I came together. So she, I just have a lot of respect and love for her. Yeah. I mean, you didn't ask me, but if you were to ask me how I, how Tammy and I are so happy, I would say the same thing. We're just, uh, we understand and get one another. And, you know, I have to point out the the obvious, which is right behind you. Happiness is not a destination. It is a way of life. And if you think about it, why wouldn't you want to be with someone that makes you happy? Or why wouldn't we want to be with someone who makes us happy? And happiness is, a, you know, it's a very general word, but think about it. What do you have to be? Or who do you have to be? Or what do you have to eat and be? And just to be happy. And it's, it's, it's not simple, but it certainly is a way of life. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I know you and Tammy, I, I just, I think we're very, very fortunate. And it's, it's interesting now on the second marriage, a lot of the friends we run around with are in their second relationship. I'm not saying exclusively, yep. but, but sometimes that first relationship, maybe kids, maybe not really teaches you, okay, this 
yeah, I still love this person, mm-hmm. but I, I'm, I, you wake each day, like this sucks. You right. know? And, and once you make those tough decisions of let, let's, let's try to be happy, which we are, you know, my ex-wife's extremely happy. I'm happy. Jenny's happy. But so, you know, I, I think that's part of it too. And I believe you, you and Jenny have entered a real relationship where the conversation is real. It's difficult. It's challenging, but it's fun. It's, and it's in without, without it being authentic and real, it isn't. I know that sounds so silly, but when I look back, I can think of all the times that I needed to pull my head out of my, you know, what to understand where exactly I was coming from. But Anson Ross Thompson, uh, you, you're a joy to know, you're a joy to follow. Uh, you have a lot of, a lot of us who read your stuff. And again, I, I appreciate the way you go about it is you, and you said it earlier in the show is not everyone's going to agree with it and we may not even like it. That's okay. Because there's more than 8% of us that read this that are fully connected. And I hope you get feedback from other readers a lot and, and share what it is that you're learning from others as well. But, uh, how would you like to wrap this up? What would you like to just to say to, to leave the audience with, with, uh, something? Well, uh, on November 20th, I believe I'm going to be speaking at a leadership development day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had something happen um, in in the end of September that really put me on a journey. Uh, and that was a loss of one of, one of my good friends. He uh, very successful and uh, out of the blue, you know, took his own life. And and it really it really just had me questioning a lot about, you know, how well do I know people and, and all of this? So uh, I went to therapy as I have done a few times and was sharing this with my therapist. And, and, and through that interaction, um, he said, you know, what you write all this stuff and really where, what are you trying to do? And I said, I'm trying to figure out how somebody could get to a point where they become the absolute victim. And I, I think in our society, we, we have a narrative that, that if you're X or Y or Z, where well, you're a victim and you don't have a fair chance. And I, I totally uh, disagree with that. So my next book is moving from victimhood to victory, yes, uh, building yes. a bridge. And and what I'm doing right now, Greg, and you've given me much more time than I had before, but I'm interviewing people that at one time in their life, they could have thrown up their hands and just said, I can't, but something or another happened that they said, you know what? I can't. Yeah. And so I'm having the time of my life mm-hmm. interviewing people from all over the country, formerly incarcerated people, people in wheelchairs, people with no arms, no, you know, I mean, just people that you would look at and go, it's a tough road, but how did they get through it? And so I'm, I'm building, that's, that will be the, the talk. And then that'll be my next book too. Well, I believe a victim or an owner is a choice, as I mentioned to you very, and again, well, Greg, you have this, you have, it's easy for you to just speak it. I, okay, I, I hear you, but every single day, Anson, we have a choice. Who are we going to be? How are we going to show up for self and others? Not just the people in our own house, everybody that's in our 8% or in the circle, as I call it. And so I, I can't wait. Can't wait to hear it. Can't wait to read it. And uh, I, I want to just emphasize what you said. You're interviewing hundreds of people of different walks of life all over the country. So these are going to be significantly different ideas, varied ideas that come together and you just get to put it all together. And I'm not, I'm not simplifying your, your work here, but I'm, I'm applauding you for reaching out and again, being, being curious about what others have to say about this beautiful topic. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's necessary. 
uh, I see so many people and, and, you know, in, in talking to a good friend of mine, he said, you know, you're, you're doing this talk. Most people that watch a talk, they're not victims. And I said, this is not for ultimately the victims. It's for people to share stories of others when you meet a victim. And you yeah. know, as well as I, we all know people that are victim. They, they get the victimhood mindset. And, and yeah. let's see if we can move them from that neighborhood, from victimhood to, to the place of, you know, whatever you want to call it, victory, happiness, joy, love. Because uh, you're right, man. At the end of the day, we all get up. We have the same opportunities if we're able-bodied, able-minded to say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean into today, or I'm gonna shrink back a little bit." It's your choice, and I love to lean in. Yeah, well, I appreciate you leaning in again, ladies and gentlemen. Anson Rob Stumps, and he has uh, two homes: one here in Denver, one in Indianapolis, or actually in the mountains outside of Denver. God bless you, and thanks for uh, thanks for being my guest today, Anson. And give Jenny a big hug. Go out there, be curious, make happiness a way of life. Look, look at behind where Anson is sitting and, and ask yourself, what do you need to do? What do you want to do today to be happy? And I might just add, if you are happy, you might leave the victimhood and come to the ownerhood. So again, thank you for your time, big guy. And we'll see you soon. I appreciate you, man. Keep doing the work. Right. Appreciate it. See you, you back. Bye-bye.